Hello, everybody. We know the last thing you need is another fitness podcast to catch you up on the newest trends and fad diets that are just based on popular opinion, not research. Enter myself, Mariana over here. We made fitness stuff for normal people podcasts to make exercise and nutrition science practical. Our goal is to expose misinformation in this ridiculous industry by providing only evidence-based education where today I'm so freaking pumped. We are covering the top five characteristics Mariana and I put together that we've noticed in clients who are successful versus unsuccessful in achieving their goals. More specifically, out of the thousands of clients that we have worked with, what was common in those who thrived and not just got to their physical goal, but grew as an individual, had more energy, more spunk, more attitude, no, versus those who were consistently stuck burnt out and could just never seem to get where they needed to go. We came up with this a few weeks ago and we were pumped to put this list together because it is so understated, the character traits that people take to get there. But first, <laughs> as you guys know, our show is free and always will be free, but we always appreciate the more support, the better. If you leave us a five-star review on wherever you're listening to this, this allows us to reach more people and educate more audiences that we haven't already, which that's our goal, is to bring zero cost to consumer education to as many people as we possibly can. Another incredible way to support us is by heading over to Patreon. We do our weekly research review use there. They are $5 a month and we take the crazy, complicated, and sometimes boring research in this industry and break it down in an easy to understand way that can be applied to your everyday life. We cover topics like nutrition and training for fat loss, gut health and digestion, sleep and recovery, supplementation, and so much more. Those are out every Friday. So make sure you head on over to Patreon if you'd like to join in. Anything else, Tony? No, that's freaking beautiful. I'm excited to get into this episode. And first, a quick note from our sponsor, Legion. We talk about them all the time. Tony and I are personally huge fans. We have been before we even started working with them, which is why we're so excited we get to share them on the podcast now. And it is our goal, like I mentioned, to bring scientific evidence (laughs) to as many people as possible. And that's why Legion is such a great sponsor of this show. They work with an entire scientific review, an entire scientific review board. Every article, podcast, and video they produced is vetted by a team of MDs, PhDs, and other professionals. They also fund scientific research into nutrition, exercise, and supplementation to help advance our collective understanding of how to live fitter, healthier, lives. Their ethics and goals completely align with our own. So if you'd like to try some of their products, I personally am a huge fan of their protein powders, but they have so many other products you can look into. You can head on over to their website and use the code FSPOD at checkout for 20% off your first order or double points on every order after that. We also have the link in our show notes. So make sure you head on over there. Have you ever tried their stim-free pre-workout? I don't think so. No. Uh, my new go-to is mixing the caffeine version with the stim-free version, mm-hmm. like a scoop of each. So you get the clinical dose of all the actual like performance boosting compounds in there with half the caffeine, just because I realized I was taking in too much caffeine, drinking coffee through the day and going there. Yeah. And I start my day with so much. So I was like, it, I didn't realize how much of a hit that was though, is mixing the caffeine version with the non-stim hmm. version. I'm going to have to try Taste that. Is, yeah, I only do one good. scoop of pre-workout so that's because a lot of people would just like i don't need that much caffeine when they work out because they drink it through throughout the day because if you're not a big caffeine consumer having the full dose which is two scoops of legion that's their actual clinical dose Mm -hmm. is totally fine but if you drink a lot of caffeine through the day downing that i think a lot of people just took one scoop instead of adding in the non-stem it makes a big difference in just your Mm -hmm. endurance your strength and your recovery through the workout that's been my go-to That's my little cheat code lately. Okay. So jumping into it. Today, I know we were pumped putting this together even before the show. We were putting together notes where we're going through the five characteristics that we've seen. I had more fun putting together this episode than I think I have almost any other. Did you? Yeah. I really really like this. I think that this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people as well. It's going to cause you to think a lot, I think, this episode. We're going to make you think. But it was cool because so we've worked with told thousands of different clients over our careers. And it was Mm -hmm. cool to reflect on. I've always thought about these things, but I've never taken time and dedicated to reflecting on 
the differences you see. Because out of yeah. the thousands of clients, obviously most succeed. But we know that just because you get a coach doesn't mean you're going to get where you want to go. That relies heavily on you. And that's going to be something we talk yeah. about today. You could buy the best yeah. coach in the world, but unless you do it, right? <laughs> Actually do the dang yeah. things. You're not going to get to where you want to go. It was really stimulating to me, at least, to really reflect on the commonalities. Because I thought there was going to be a lot of differences. There, like we said, were some very distinct similarities between those who win and those who don't. Yes. Yeah. And we both thought about this on our own and then bringing it together, we had like different words to describe these traits, but they were so similar at the end of the day. It's like they all came down to very similar principles that yeah. drove success, kind of like anything in any metric of life. So that was the kind of cool thing is putting those together. And I know today, right, we wanted to go inverse and we actually ranked them because we've actually, I mean, we've had the top 10 reasons you might not be eating enough. We've had the top 10 fitness myths. Mm -hmm. We actually put these now in the top five in order characteristics that you might have, you might need some shaping up. And then honestly, when we were putting this list together, I realized that there's some area in my own life because these honestly, these transfer over, not just to your fitness and achieving your goals, but really just your entire life and seeing progress. Yeah. I haven't realized a few that I needed to step my own game up. So that's what I got <laughs> pretty excited for literally in leading up to this episode. So where do we want to start this one off? Do we want to start? We're going five down to one. Yeah. Okay. I'll take odds today. We only got five, but let's start at the top, right? Number five. And just a little preface to all of these. I don't think every single client that's been successful has had every single one of these traits. Yeah. We just noticed in putting this list together, common traits that most people that succeeded shared and those who failed didn't share, right? The contrast. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that up there. If you're realizing that a couple of these you're missing, what we're actually going to talk about in the fifth one that we're going to start off with is you can use that to say, oh, maybe this is an area of life that I could improve on that has been hindering my success. And I think what you're going to realize too, is these aren't just going to determine if you're going to be successful in your fitness and health goal, but I think we'll give you a lot of power through life in general, starting off with number five, and they're all important, but we're going to start off with number five. This one we actually titled after our guy, Lane Norton, one of our favorite evidence-based researchers out there. If you don't know Lane Norton, please go search him on YouTube and on Instagram, especially. But successful clients see things as data. They see things objectively instead of feelings, right? Lane Norton has the t-shirt data over feelings, which I absolutely mm -hmm. love. I but love they that. see things objectively versus subjectively. They don't see things as successful versus unsuccessful or positive versus negative. They just use everything, the good, the bad, the ugly as data. And they use that data to help them move forward. And I know we were talking about this a lot. It's really, really easy to get tied up in positive and negative emotions because you're dealing with yourself. If you have a goal and you don't hit that goal, it's easy to get down on yourself for being a complete failure. You're not disciplined and it, you just beat yourself up. And that's really easy mm -hmm. to fall into. I know I fall into it when I'm not having the best days. I think everyone does. Yes. And it's inevitable in this process. Yeah. Having feelings is inevitable. What is driving your actions is the data like is what it's that what's driving you to do what mm -hmm. you're doing versus are your feelings the big driver for your actions? At least that's something I've picked up on. hundred percent. We don't want to start harsh. <laughs> no feelings allowed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just based on your adjustment. We talk about just seeing things as data all the time. When someone's new to for example, taking daily weigh-ins, something that I know a lot of people when they objectively get into it, love taking daily weigh-ins because it gives them trends over time that tells them if what they're doing is aimed at their goal and is successful or is aiming somewhere else and is unsuccessful. And all that helps them do is, oh, I know exactly what I need to change so I get closer to my specific goal. Yeah. But if you see scale and more like scale weigh-ins, right? If you see them as oh, I'm a loser or I'm a winner, based on what your scale says, it's like, that's not what the scale is. The scale is data. It's yeah. objective. It's telling you more specifically, it's telling you if you are probably in a calorie deficit or if you're in a calorie surplus yeah. or if you're around maintenance, that's about all the scale does. It's objective. Mm -hmm. 
But if you let it tell you if you're a winner or a loser, or if you're doing all the right things around, it's like, that's where you get caught up. And it's easy to get down on yourself, which spirals out of control sometimes. Right. I really like that you brought in the scale example because it can elicit so many emotions that if you have this like negative thoughts towards yourself in this process, like that impacts like how you believe you're going to be successful. It's not so much whether or not you are, it's like, do I believe I can be? That can be so helpful. Yeah. Measurement of weight, just completely letting that dictate how you continue on this journey and whether or not you're going to, because for a lot of people, they'll see the scale not change and think, oh, well, I can't do this and might as well yeah. just stop be like trying because what's the point? And it's like, yeah, they see it as a failure instead of just like, oh, yeah, a tool that I can, <laughs> like it's information. It's in, like, you should, and we're going to talk about later in the rules because some of them, they all have a little overlapping, mm -hmm. but you should be trying to gather as much information as you possibly can to help you win, to help you be successful. So if you take things as like a negative feeling or that you're a loser, it's in a certain area because you didn't do something. I keep using the word loser just because it's a negative feeling that people I think associate with sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not calling anybody no, a loser. People, I like that you say that because I feel like people don't talk about enough about how harsh you are to yourself. And like people will oh, call yeah. themselves a loser and then it's like you have to be like, but they don't call their friend people that exactly anyone yeah, else you wouldn't call a, a friend a loser i might call yeah. you a loser but it, it's that's about it right no you, you don't call yourself a loser because how do losers act they get down in the dumps and they use something as a crutch or something that's blocking them instead of something that can help them get forward because again and this is the number one thing that when i work with clients i get excited for is let's say for the first two weeks they are tracking their food diligently and they're taking daily weigh-ins and after two weeks the scale is trending exactly the same as when we started. And they're like, man, like this, why am I not making progress? Why am I not? And I get excited. I'm like, bro, this is perfect. This tells us exactly where your maintenance level is at. So now we know exactly where you need to be. If we want to be in a fat loss phase, we know exactly where your calorie intake needs to be now. It's not a yeah. guessing game anymore. We're not guessing high or low. We don't know. We know you've been eating 2,600 calories a day on average, and we know your weight hasn't moved. Don't see that as a oh, well, crap, I haven't lost any weight if that's your goal. It's, oh, what now do I know? I know that my calorie maintenance is 2,600. Oh, I only have to be at 2,100 calories to lose weight instead of the 18 I was going to just randomly jump into. It's like, no, yeah. take the data and use it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Take everything that is, if you fail the diets, right? If you fail doing keto and fasting, what data can you extract from that to yeah. use moving forward? That's mm -hmm. a big one. I like it adding another example here of like, if you are so attached to the number moving on the scale, and if you're only using the scale as one point of progress, and then you're also mm -hmm. going by maybe how your clothes fit you and how you look in your progress photos. If you notice the scale not moving at all, but you also notice that your jeans are maybe looser and you see differences in the mirror and what you see, that's a huge win because now it's just another piece of information to show you, I don't need to believe that the scale dictates yeah. my progress. Like, yeah. so being open to it as just an educational tool for where you're at, and that can be applied in so many different scenarios. And I think that that is like not giving it so much power almost. It's just, this is what the scale is. And this is what it's going to help me learn about where I'm at in my situation as just one piece yeah. of the puzzle. Exactly. And, and honestly, like the sky is the limit for what you can extract data out of, I think. Yeah. Because people even say like, even like, let's say like last month in your head, you might be going, well, okay, well, let's say last month, the reason I wasn't successful is because it was a wash. I was supposed to work out five days a week. I worked out like two to three days a week. It's like, okay, where's the data there? You worked out nine times last month when your goal was 20 times. Why did you work out nine times instead of 20 times? Oh, well, why? Because I did X, Y, Z, like this got in the way of this. Okay. How are you going to move around that? You know what I'm saying? Like you extract yeah. the data and you say, oh, instead of, oh, it's a wash, I'll just do better next month. No, you won't. Yes. If you don't realize what you did wrong last month, you're not going to do better next month. Mm -hmm. So extract the data and use it. And I know we're going deeper into that on another common character trait, but I think that, that was a good one for number five to start the list. Do you have anything mm -hmm. there before we go into lucky number four? Yeah. I think just when you're looking at the data of your own journey, 
it allows you to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that honesty piece applies to seeing data first over just using your feelings. And sometimes it's not always going to feel so good to open yourself up to the truth of your behaviors, whether that's you do know that you binge eat once a week and it's something you've just been putting off. But that data Mm -hmm. of having a really, really high calorie intake one day a week doesn't mean that you are a terrible person and a failure. Again, that failure piece. It just means that this is a behavior that is keeping me from reaching my goals and I need to learn how to adjust my goals so that they're tailored towards fixing this behavior instead of just thinking that this is going to hold me back for the rest of my life and I can't do anything about it. That is a beautiful phrase. It's being honest with yourself, which honestly, this is even a side note to spiral from that. I think people that win, and like we said, not just win in getting their body composition goals, but improve as an individual, people that are honest with themselves are typically the most self-confident people I know. If you can't trust somebody, like what's your relationship look like with someone you can't trust? It's not a very good relationship. If you can't trust yourself because you know that you're constantly sweeping, you're lying to yourself constantly, you're going to treat yourself like someone who lies to you constantly. Someone who doesn't lie to themselves is going to treat themselves great because you want that person in your life, right? If you are good, bad, ugly, if you know you're not lying to yourself, your self-confidence will shoot through the roof based Mm -hmm. on if you're sweeping some things under the rug, choosing not to look at some of the data because it's a little hurtful or it might show you that you might be failing in certain areas, take it, use it. And I think even besides getting to your goal, you're going to feel so much better with, at least I know when I did something like that, when I went through like an honesty phase with myself, my self-confidence shot through the freaking roof because you can trust yourself. No matter what happens, you can trust who's on the inside. And you know, you can trust yourself in situations that bring out your weaknesses. That is huge because, and especially when you're trying to lose weight and especially when it comes to food, being in environments where maybe certain foods are ones that you know you used to binge on. But if you're confident in your tools for preventing Mm -hmm. a binge and what to do in that situation, if you're confident you can overcome it, then you will. And you will continue to overcome things that bring out the sides of you that maybe you aren't so proud of, but you're honest and you know that you have that part of you. Like you're honest with yourself and like, yeah, this exists. This is here. It's not my best trait, but I'm not going to let it dictate what I want. (laughs) It is hard to do. It's hard to look at the darker spots of yourself that you tend to hide. It's hard. You get so much from it. That just got me hyped up. I'm so pumped you brought that up. (laughs) You want to hit us with number four? So this one is, I mean, they all are so good. A client whose values align with their actions, not just their thoughts. So this piece really gets into kind of, we, I, we've talked about James Clear a lot in terms of how to form positive health habits that stick. Your values are so important and believing in those values is really important, but you need to reflect them. So what you yeah. do needs to reflect what you value. For example, if you have a lot of friends, coworkers going out to happy hour every, every single day after work and your values are that I want to be a healthy, energetic person throughout my life, that, that's just a small piece of my values, is going to get drinks every single day after work going to align with that? No, that's the reality piece of that's not mean, that's not good or bad. It's just, no, it's not. Drinking is not going to add to that. But if you're consistently doing that, kind of sweeping it under the rug and like, no, I think I am a person that is healthy and doing things for my health, but you're still constantly going out to get these drinks. That is an example of your yeah. actions not aligning with your, your values. And that's not going to make you feel good inside. And I think everyone can relate to this. Whenever they've had values going in one direction and actions and they catch themselves in the actions going completely the opposite direction, you just get a pit in your stomach. You don't feel yeah. good mm-hmm. when you know what you're doing is not where you want to go. It's not helping. It, and that's not to say don't have flexibility. This is just a, an analogy with yes. things at the bar. You should be able to yeah. do that and still succeed, do all these things. But if it's something constant... 
and honestly, it's, we were talking about this in a few different ways with a few different examples. And one that immediately rang up with me is clients where I know we're, we're coming in. And if you apply to work with one of us, one of the questions is on a scale of one to 10, like where does this rank on like priorities in your life or like what's going to stop you from getting to this goal? 10 being absolutely nothing is getting in my way to get to this goal. One being, I don't even care about this goal. I don't even care if the football game's on tonight, I'm going to choose that over anything else. And I think it's surprising that most people when filling that application out, pick a 10. They say, I've just had it to my wits end with my health, my body image, my whatever. I'm going to fix this no matter what. But then once we get started, they don't treat it like a 10. And I think no. this is something I like to list and think about it like a different priority in your life. And I think one that a lot of people can relate to, even I don't have any kids, but it's easy to comprehend. If you have a kid, and this is when I talk to people about their priority list. Someone who has a kid should put their kid as their number one priority, no matter what, above themselves, mm -hmm. right? If anything happens, that kid is the number one most important thing in your life, right? So rank your priorities. Do you treat your fitness and health as a priority or as something on the back burner? Well, let's say this. If you're out to a restaurant, you're eating chicken, you know, you're eating, this is just the analogy again, you're out with coworkers or friends on a Tuesday afternoon, night, whatever, you get done with work, they're having some drinks, you're just eating some food. Let's just say you have a kid and your phone goes off and you realize you forgot to pick your kid up at school. What do you do in that exact moment? Like, where do your priorities lie? Are you going to stay and finish the meal? Or are you going to sprint to your car and speed over to pick up your kid? You're going to sprint and go speed over to pick up your kid. Okay. If you rank your health as your number one priority, which I'm not saying it needs to be your number one, but just be realistic with it. If it's your number one priority, would you immediately put down that food and order something else on the menu? Or would you not get yourself in that situation in the first place? And again, this is not to say don't do any of those things, mm -hmm. but just ask yourself, how would I act in this situation if this was truly my priority? Yeah. And the yeah. people who can really align those actions. And what I freaking love to hear is like when clients make the best decisions for themselves. I know you were just talking one, but like, yeah. oh, how was your weekend last weekend? It's like, oh, you know what? My friends were going up to the mountains and they were having this big drinking weekend, but I just, I've been so busy lately and I, I didn't have time to meal prep. So I just, I needed a weekend to reset, to organize. And it was nice. I chilled with myself. I read some books, meal prep for the week. And I feel great. And they feel yeah. good about it. And their mm -hmm. actions truly reflect it. It's like, they're not where they want to be. So they're going to shift and move around pieces in their life to get them there. Yeah. You don't need to, but that's the action piece. Yeah. And people have multiple values, right? So especially when we just explained like a social situation and also going to get drinks with your coworkers, a value may be that you value your social life. You really yeah. highly value your social life and your friends along with that, your friends, coworkers, whatever. There are people, and I've seen them, I've had them, that can like going out to happy hour and choosing not to drink, choosing the healthier option is so easy, easy as day because yeah. they value their social life and their friends as much as they value their health and their fitness. So they can easily make those choices, but not everyone and the majority of people just starting out can make those choices. So it's like thinking about, okay, how can I still prioritize these values but make it so that they can go coexist together without making people feel uncomfortable. What do I mean by that? An example could be if you really value getting together with your friends, maybe they don't have the same health and fitness goals as you, but you want to share experiences with them. Okay, we're going to go to the store together. Or I'm going to go to the store and we're going to cook a home-cooked meal together. I'm going to invite some of them over. We're going to do it together. Maybe they can choose to drink, bring their alcohol. I'm going to choose not to. You have more control in that setting. And you still get to be social, share time with your friends, and also share something that you value right now and that you're working towards through a meal, through something new. You don't have to yeah. force people into these situations and you don't have to get rid of people in your life that you love. But thinking yeah. about the environment you're in and your values together is really important. Sometimes they can coexist. Sometimes they can't. But Yeah, yeah it's not always a zero-sum Game. If yeah. you and your friends go out every Wednesday night to a bar, pitch them this idea, like you just said, they probably like, hell yeah, that sounds way more fun. Like we could go, we could play games. We could be a little yeah. more rowdy. We could do whatever. Boom. Situation changed. Where you're starting from is so important. Context matters is let's say for one person turning down drinks and food and maybe just still going out, whatever, saying no to that, to stick to their diet for the week, because it's like a Wednesday and they're like, I got to stick to it Monday through whatever for one person turning that down is a big win. That is their action supporting their values. 
for someone else, their values looking for more, let's say like food freedom, mm-hmm. right? They don't want to feel so like just strapped Driven. by food and controlled yeah. by it. For some people, it might be letting themselves go out and letting themselves eat and plan for and fit in those kinds of foods, the chicken wings, the whatever, and fit that in because their values are, okay, I've been so restrictive with food in the past. I really, really want to learn how to balance it with life. That's value driven. So it's not just saying act as if you are perfect. Mm -hmm. Be honest with your values. Be honest with your goals and take actions towards them. And if you notice that pit in your stomach that we were talking about up front, that you constantly are finding yourself going against your values, just take time and sit with it when you get home and be like, why did I feel like that? Why did I do that? And we're going to talk about stemming later, but just ask yourself why 10 Mm -hmm. freaking times answer the question, why did I go out with my friends, even though I didn't want to, I felt social pressure because of so-and-so. Why do you feel social pressure from so-and-so? Well, because we haven't been that close, whatever. Just keep going down and down the list until you find out why you're going against yourself. And the answer just becomes so much clearer. Yeah. So much clearer. Yeah. I really like that one a lot. And (laughs) that would hit. Some people don't take the time to write down their values either. So I would definitely do that. Like yeah, just to keep like on your mirror or something, remind yourself of them every day. At the end of the day, think about what you did. Did this reflect my values? I actually work on in therapy every time we meet, side note, personal note. Every time I meet in therapy, it is we remind I remind myself of my values and I write down the things I did that pushed me further away from mm-hmm. my values and the things I did that pushed me closer to my values and which did I give more energy to? Because again, you're going to, we're human beings. Nobody is perfect. You're not always going to do things that align with your values all the time, but which do you put more energy into? Which is more important? And that's what matters. No. Yeah. Write it down. Cause I'm with you. It's easy to lose sight of your values. Mm -hmm. You could know your values and you could have written them down before. But sometimes when life gets busy, when you're under stress, when you're sick, when things are just moving, it's so easy to lose sight. So having those little periods where you remind yourself, reflect a little bit, so freaking powerful. I don't care if you call it woo woo or what, so massively powerful in those people who are successful versus not. And it can be lonely too, especially if you're really staying true to your values, especially in college, especially like in your mid to late twenties, like that can be lonely and isolating but it is a thousand percent worth it because your relationships are going to be stronger. Your circle may be smaller, but the people you surround yourself with will begin to have shared values as well. So the things that you are doing are also going to align with how you feel, what you want. And yes, it may not be as big of a group. You may not be doing all of the flashy things that you thought mattered, but really don't to you. So that one cut me deep. I felt yeah. that one yeah. when I started bartending, when I started bloom, when I quit my corporate position at the gym to start bloom, I needed income. So I started bartending at night and bartenders, some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, but their life is so alcohol driven. So me trying to have values that supported growth and entrepreneurship and fitness did not exactly align with people who like to stay out till like two or three in the morning get drunk on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, like every night of the week. Yeah. It's a little lonely. It's a very uncomfortable situation. But I think again, like once you build your confidence and like, oh, I just followed through and aligned with my values, that feeling is so much better than the feeling you get from trying to blend in with somebody else. So much better. Now that was number five and four, right? Top five. Here we go. Number five was seeing data over feelings. Number four is having values that align with your actions, not your thoughts. And number three, Every time these come up, I'm like, this is my favorite, but I've said that every time so far. So I'm just going to get on with it. And this one's huge. These are my favorite people to work with, but this one's huge. Being solution driven or solution oriented versus problem driven or problem oriented. And you're like, oh, no, duh. There's a massive difference. And I think everyone, this is not a black and white, either someone's always solution, always problem. We all get caught up in negative thought and problem oriented. It's also can, why you have a coach to like, yeah, there's a balance here. So disclaimer <laughs> exactly. beforehand. And we're not saying that, in, it, but just being solution oriented as in you don't see anything as a problem. You don't see anything or label anything as a problem. You see it as maybe an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And then your immediate thought as soon as anything pops up is, oh, how can I do what I was going to do moving around this obstacle instead yeah. of something gets in the way? Crap. Well, now I can't do that thing. Example being, and this is just a simple one. 
let's say I was going to wake up Monday morning and I was going to get my workout at 6 a.m. before work. I had my whole everything, my, my outfit was planned, everything there. Let's say I wake up on Monday morning and I miss my alarm by 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, crap, I can't make it to the gym. I got to go to work, right? A problem-oriented person would be like, well, crap, I can't work out today. Yeah. I missed it. I missed my workout. Better try tomorrow. Solution-oriented is, crap, do I have time to get any workout in right now? No, not really. Okay, cool. Let me just call my wife. She'll pick up the kids. I'm going to go hit this workout real quick. It might be shorter, but I'm still going to go get some workout in after work. So I hit my Monday workout. That's being or if you don't have that, I feel like a lot of people don't have that option to have someone go pick up their kids. Again, but but just an analogy, just never stop trying to solve the problem. Step one, can I get any kind of workout in this morning? Yeah. Uh, No, that's cutting a little close. Step two, can I figure out how to do this later in the day? No. Okay. Step three, how do I rearrange my week? So I still hit my five workouts instead of just four, just go checklist down of how am I going to compensate and solve this instead of thinking of the 10 things that get in the way of you getting to whatever you need to do. Yes. And I love that. And sometimes you're not going to solve the problem, but you've tried. And that's a great time for where a coach comes in. And if you go to them and you're like, Hey, like I twice this week, I missed my workouts because I woke up late and I tried getting extra help to come grab my kids and I couldn't get anyone to come. I, tried leaving work a little bit earlier by getting more done by getting there a little bit earlier. That didn't work out. Like you list out things that you've tried and then you're like, I definitely can get a small workout in at home with my kids home. Yep. Do you have any home workouts for me that are like half an hour so I can at least get in a workout yes. on these days that I can't get to the gym? That is like Boom, one, you're solution. so clear about the issue and you've already said what you've tried saves time for us to be like, oh, well, have you gotten anyone to come grab the kids? Have you tried that yet? Oh, no, I haven't tried that. Just saves a lot of time and it gets you to the solution so much quicker and you yeah. are in control of that decision. So like 100%. feeling control versus always going to someone when there is yeah. a problem at any aspect of life. Yeah. That doesn't build confidence in your ability <laughs> to succeed without a coach. And I think that's the biggest yeah. point here is like, setting not a lot of coaches market this but you're not supposed to be with a coach forever and you need to feel confident when you leave that coach that you can still continue this journey and just as well and yeah you're gonna face problems along the way that someone's not going to be there to tell you exactly what to do so that's like where that perspective comes a lot at least in my experience of like why is this my why behind that what that makes no big time big time it's that And sometimes it takes some pattern interruption because I think a lot of people are just in the habit and in the pattern of something gets a little bit in my way, ask for help. You see this in younger people, especially that are in workforce. If you've ever managed a team, I worked at an Orange Theory Fitness when I was younger and I managed some like 16 year old kids. There'd just be small, random little problems. Oh, I tried to upload this photo and it didn't work. What do I do? Did you try to like, did you try this? Oh no, let me try it. You are, and I just want to tell everybody listening to this, you will be shocked with how capable you truly are when you just sit for a minute and it takes that pattern interruption. Sometimes if your brain automatically goes, ask for help, ask my friend, ask my mom, ask my boyfriend, ask my whoever, your coach. If your brain automatically goes there, just pause and say, okay, what if they weren't there? Like, how would I solve this problem? Just, and there's going to be problems that you can't solve. Obviously that those exist. Just be like, okay, maybe I could try this. Just try and solve it without that immediate pattern interrupt. And yeah, sometimes you're still going to need to go ask for help. Some you're, That's always going to be there in life. Yeah. But get in the habit of trying yourself first. And I think you will be astounded by yourself with how well you can accomplish things. And that yeah. translates so much in your pattern because you hit infinite problems. And when, managers, this I know we're not talking about health. the work life. Managers love that like eat that up because you're going to them. If you go to them and you're, you've already tried to solve this problem, you list out the things that you've done, the resources that you've tapped into and what's still missing. What's this gap? What's this specific barrier that's keeping you from solving the problem? How that, that changes one, just like how you're viewed, especially if you're new. Mm-hmm the independence you're given, you have to be careful with it because then you don't want people to give you too many tasks, which sometimes happens at an informal, not from personal experience or anything, but just in so many different aspects of your life, that is so helpful. And especially when it comes to- And may I shout out our all-star real quick? I want to shout out Reagan. So I don't know if y'all know this podcast, 
it's a team of three, Mariana, myself, and Reagan. Reagan, this reminded me of her because I literally have bragged to my friends about Reagan before in this aspect. So Reagan is our VA who will download, edit the podcast, upload it to our platforms, spread it out, control social media. She does a lot of things. So she's a very integral part of this. And I remember after first starting to work, this is actually the funniest thing in the world. Before I hired Reagan ever, I just met her. This freaking got me and I absolutely loved it. You could tell right off the bat, she was a problem solver and a solution oriented kind of person. I emailed her. I said, Hey, I read through your application. It was freaking awesome. I would love to set something up. I would love to get to know you more, whatever. And she's like, that's awesome. We were talking back up, back and forth with times. And then she just sent me a zoom link. She made a zoom meeting room and said, here, I just made a zoom meeting room. This is for the date that we just talked about in the time we can talk then. And I was like, did the person I'm interviewing just set up the interview. <laughs> like, this just happened before I could even get to it. And I was like, holy crap. And again, how many times have we done it with editing where we don't want to name names, but the platforms that we use sometimes to record, to do all this, <laughs> there are infinite problems. Yeah. And she doesn't just come up and say, Hey, this didn't work. She'll say, Hey, this is the problem. I tried X. I tried Y. I tried Z. Here's why they didn't work. Do you have any idea why this isn't working? Reagan, this is just shout out. We love you. We love you, oh Reagan. My God. Yeah. <laughs> she would be a phenomenal client. But no, seriously, like if you're a client, like you hire a coach to help you get somewhere, that doesn't mean they're going to do everything for you. Yeah. That does not mean that you do less work. That usually means you're going to have to do more work, but you just get the guidance to hopefully sense. avoid a lot of pitfalls. Yeah. But trust me, yeah, just being solution oriented will get you so, so far because the more people you talk to, once you look through that lens, you start to realize so many people are not solution oriented. Yeah. It's crazy to look at. Why do you think the diet industry and the supplement industry are fucking booming and always will be? It's because they say they provide a solution to a common problem without yeah. you having to put in the work to solve it. Yeah. Yeah. It, would, it takes not to put, not even put in the work, but like, I don't want to take the time to learn, to understand diet, to understand nutrition. I don't want to put in the work to do that. Give me a meal plan. Give me a supplement. Mm -hmm. Fix my problem. That's usually yeah, what it that is. That goes right into our next one because three and yeah. two are very, you can't have three without two, which is why we put this as. You can't have the three without two. <laughs> you can't. You can't. That's why it's the second most important here. So this is having a forever student mindset versus having a closed mindset. So just like we mentioned with having the coach as the resource, they are there to help you learn. And they have the tools for you to apply and learn more about and implement into your life. Always learning, always seeking more. And there's a difference between just relying on someone to give the, you the answer and genuinely knowing what it is you are here to learn about that you just, it's not your area. And you just want to keep learning about yourself, whatever it is you're trying to do. It gets you so far in so many aspects of your life versus, especially nowadays, I feel like I know that, notice this just a lot more in general, even outside mm -hmm. of clients. It's really good to know what your mindset is, know what your beliefs are, know how you want to live your life and know your opinions. That's all important, but it makes having a closed mindset being you don't want to hear anything outside of that. Yeah. Or anything that goes against it. Anything that goes against it are not open to it. Not understanding that the way you maybe lead your life in certain aspects or certain things that you are doing are not the best. And maybe there mm -hmm. is something else I could do. And maybe my personal bias is keeping me from achieving my goals. And it always people, is. Yeah. And, and there's a lot with a lot of people that friction of like, no, I, an example, no, I know carbs are bad for me. I'm not going to eat them. No, I know I can't eat more than 1200 calories a day. I'm not going to try and eat more food. It's like the, and those are extremes. It could be little things, but something you hear all the time. I've heard that I can't eat yes. more than 1200 calories because I gain weight every single time, probably more than more times I could count. Yeah. It's, but yeah. it's the truth. And even honestly, look at it in ways outside of even fitness either. Like when you have a closed versus open mindset versus student, a big place you see this is in religion. A lot of religious people are very closed minded. A lot of them are open. Yeah. And, those, and I think just the more success, even just look at successful people versus unsuccessful, usually unsuccessful think they know what they're doing. 
They know what, what's going on. They don't need help. They're not open to new ideas. The most successful people I will ever see are the people who are always asking questions, always curious to learn more, always wanting a new perspective other than their own, because mm -hmm. they know it's impossible to know everything in any given subject. So they're yeah. always asking the subjects, like, look for that when you know someone. And I think the big thing too, and this is the big thing I think we were talking about when people come into coaching with us, diet culture and the fitness industry as a whole has promoted all you got to do to get fit is have the right workout plan, the right one. This, my program's the best. My program's better, my, whatever. You have to have the right workout program and the right diet, the right meal plan most of the time. Mm -hmm. And you will be successful. And when they get in with us and they start to realize like, oh, my relationship with food sucks. I know nothing mm -hmm. what I'm talking about when it comes to nutrition. My sleep routine and my sleep hygiene sucks. And I have to actually, what do you mean? I have to take my sleep serious? I have to take my yeah. lifestyle serious. I have to take my stress. You have to take a lot of different things into it. It's like, no, that's too much work. There's no way it's that, that much that goes into success. And it's like, no, there's a lot more than just a meal plan, a supplement, and a, an expensive workout program you buy from an influencer who will just email you a PDF, right? There's yeah. so much more. So if you're a student, you're like, oh, sleep might have been holding me back this entire time. How the heck do I improve this? Yeah. Oh, my stress, my relationship with food is the reason why I've been stuck for two years. Oh my God, how do I fix that? Not just focusing on the outcome, not just focusing on where you're trying to go. It's so massive trying to figure things out and almost getting excited when you realized you were wrong. Yeah. I think that's a big one too. Holy crap, I've been wrong. F yes, I now get to be right about it. I get to go learn and correct what I've been wrong with so long. Yeah. And t honestly, last week we're just, we were having these moments. We didn't even actively realize that this mm. aligned here, but in business, trying things and new things for your business and trying to grow. Oh yeah. Sometimes there's a better option, but you don't know about it yet. And instead of it being like you realizing that there's a better route than what you've already spent all this time trying to do that realization that there's a better route. Some people are like, Oh, why didn't I realize that before? I can't like, I've already started this. I just have to keep doing it or look at that as a roadblock. Whereas no, it's just an opportunity for you to change your direction and do something better. Like you were saying, I love, love, love clients that are like, Oh my goodness. I've been focusing so much on my fat to carbohydrate ratio. Cause I thought that that was mm -hmm. the most important piece. And really, I, I wasn't eating enough protein and I wasn't feeling satisfied <laughs> after my meals. Focusing on the protein has helped me be in a calorie deficit and I feel fuller, like things like that. Or just even the discovery of like, wow, like I've been putting so much time into this and there's something else I can do that can be productive. Yeah. Like, it should excite awesome. you. It yeah. should excite you. It reminds me, I think Mosey was talking about, he shared the quote, we question our beliefs we question all of our beliefs except for the ones we truly believe in, Yeah. right? Because if you ask everyone, it's like, oh, do you question your beliefs? Are you open-minded? Everyone's going to be, yes, I am, except for the beliefs. And this caught me off guard. I feel like I'm one of the most open-minded people I know. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'll question everything. But then I really look, I'm like, okay, what are the things I truly, like 100% wholeheartedly just don't even question anymore because I know that as fact. And like, I'm actually, I categorize a lot of things in my life as something I know to be true. Yeah. And I just don't even question anymore. Same thing like we were talking about in business. There's so many steps in setting up a successful business. If you make it past one, two, three, four, and you get stuck on step four, you keep looking for solutions to step four when maybe it's because you stopped thinking about step number one. Maybe step yeah. number one is the reason you stopped questioning it. You're like, no, this is how we do it. This is what works. Maybe mm -hmm. there's something better, right? You question all your beliefs except for the ones you truly believe in. That's yeah. a big one, having yeah. that student and, mindset. And you're going to run into these like, even having a forever student mindset because of that, because of your ability to just want to learn and actively learning more all the time, you're going to run into roadblocks where you find, oh, wait, like this actually is really going against what I have been doing. And that should happen. That should happen because things work for a while and then they don't. Yep. And when they don't, they're there's a way to figure out a solution around it, but getting caught up in your ways and what you have been doing for so long holds you back so much in, in all aspects of your life, especially when there is a, another way to go, another solution. I think that was I a good know. one. I know. I mean, it, that's just so huge in all of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
I think so too. And Let's take talk it about away. number Bring one. Bring the drama. <laughs> and this is no. You told me I gotta get excited. No, for real. Okay, so we've talked about some massively important characteristics and character traits of clients that have been successful. This by far, when we were saying, okay, let's put them in a, put them in order. This is the only one we did not have to question where it went in order. Yeah. This one we read through this. Oh, number one is obviously this. <laughs> we truly believed it. We didn't even question it. Maybe that's our own bias. Maybe we should have questioned it. <laughs> this is number one. And it's number one. And we got a couple different reasons because it goes in so many different directions. It feeds into so many areas of progress in life and fitness and health. It I'm, is No, I'm just thinking about everyone just being like, okay, can you say it? What is it? Yo, sh- I know. I hate people. I literally hate people like myself. I hate myself. It is in goal. It really, it's honestly, number one is how you view and set your goals. Are your goals intrinsically motivated or extrinsically? motivated. How do you set your goals? I would put my money on the plate. That is the number one. If I could spend 60 seconds with one person working to a fitness goal and I could ask them 60 seconds, just a question about their goals. I could tell you probably with a 99% accuracy rating, if they're going to achieve them by that 60 second conversation, Yeah. but all the others, probably not. I guarantee if I could ask 60 seconds of someone about their goals, I would guarantee no if they're going to get there or not. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. massive. It's the why behind your goals. It's how you set goals. And it's that intrinsic versus extrinsic. So intrinsic motivation is describing the undertaking of an activity for its inherent satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. While extrinsic motivation describes behavior driven by external rewards or punishment, abstract or concrete, mm-hmm. right? Intrinsic comes from within, the individual extrinsic comes from outside. And that is one thing I think we talked about with Deanna big time. Yeah. When you ask how many people, why they are working out, how many have truly intrinsic goals versus intrinsic? They want to look a certain way to look better. Why? To fit in because that's the beauty standard because I feel bad if I don't have a six pack because it's all external motivators. And I want you to challenge yourself right this second, even pause if you don't want to listen to our dumb mouse talking about it. Ask yourself right now, if you're going to the gym, why? Mm-hmm. Just ask yourself why. And if the first answer doesn't pop up and it's crystal clear, we got problems. We yeah. got problems. Yeah. So that's a big one. I know this one goes in so many different directions, but the big one is where are your goals coming from? We talk, That was with Deanna, correct? That we were talking about yeah, that? Yeah, we did. And it's motivation in and of itself is so underestimated in so many aspects of life, especially when it comes to changing something or trying something new. Your drive, your motivation dictates a lot of what that looks like. So motivation is like when it comes to goal setting, setting good, high quality goals that you can achieve motivation is just a small part of that but it is absolutely the most important part of that at least in my opinion and i think in tony's opinion as well yeah well Um, and i think not just like the motivation that people associate with the word motivate right yeah i woke up feeling great i can't wait to go but the motivation that's just there constantly underlying driving you towards something right i think that's an important distinction yeah that's like why it's like your why behind doing what you're doing it's not just uh I want to lose weight. It's, I want to be able to play with my kids when I'm older. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to go on vacation without feeling tired and worried about losing energy or not being able to keep up with the people around me. There are so many different reasons. You can still have this broader idea of, yeah, weight loss is something I want, but the driving why, the specific goal that you can remind yourself all the time about what is that. And yeah, that's where it gets into the, okay, I'm going to use my why to set more specific goals. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with SMART goals, but it's an acronym and they are so underrated and not talked about (laughs) enough. They are because the first thing that pops in my head when you say SMART goals, I'm like, 
You Ugh, think of like nerd. a magic school I'm like, nerd. <laughs> yeah, know. you're like, this is so lame. But it's so stupid important. Sorry to cut you off, but it, that just cracks me up. Especially in this situation, like, especially when it comes to working on your health and fitness, SMART stands for so specific. So the what? What is this goal? Is it specific enough? Is it like broad would be weight loss. Specific could be I'm going to work out. I'm going to resistance train three times a week. And then M, motivation, what we were just talking about. It should be intrinsically motivated. These goals should be for you, your own satisfaction. That's this piece of I want to feel like I have enough energy to keep up with my kids and my grandkids. That's specific, intrinsically motivated. And then actionable. What am I going to do to achieve this goal? By resistance training three days a week. And then realistic. Is three days a week a realistic time frame? Can I actually do this Huge. versus saying I'm going to go to the gym every single day for three hours a day? That's Very not realistic. Much. Or I'm going to eat 1,200 calories every single day when I'm yeah, typically eating 28. And then timely. So this ties into the specific, but attaching a time to it. So I'm going to look at my schedule and I'm going to pull out the days and the times of when I'm getting to the gym and maybe the days and the times of when I'm going to meal prep. So that's a different goal, but it's another example of really attaching that I'm going to do this at 10 o'clock on a Sunday because not only now do you have a goal, but you have a goal with an action. And that is why these can be so helpful because you don't just have to have one broad goal that just seems so far away. You can set many smart goals that lead to a broader one. We should put that on a t-shirt. Smart. Anyone want that merch? We'll just put like smart acronym. I would buy it. Goals. They are hard to make because yeah, they make you they think. They are hard to make. <laughs> They're extremely hard. They make you think really yeah. hard about your goals. And that's where I was going to even dig. See, the most important piece of that to me that we were talking about before, and this is something that was familiarized to me by Jordan Peterson. I went through like the most transformative period of my life. I watched probably over a hundred hours of his lectures that were uploaded to YouTube from the University of Toronto. And a big thing he has is that specific piece, that first piece, right? Specific mm-hmm. goals. And he relates it like this. And this is what I notice so many times when a client will fill out a coaching application. They want to work with one of us. And I get them on the phone so we don't just start obviously just coaching. Okay, let's start. Here's your workout first Zoom. Let's jump on it. No, let me meet with you so we can figure out where the heck we're going in the first place. When I ask people what their goal is, the vast majority of the time... It is the most fuzzy, unclear goal I've ever heard in my life. Like you said, what's your goal? I'm just trying to work out. Like, I just want to be healthier. What the hell does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I want, that doesn't mean anything. We need to get so freaking specific. It hurts. Yeah. He has an entire course. It's you writing essays about your why to really define that specific goal. Cause okay, let's talk about the importance of why setting a specific goal matters. And people are like, what do you mean? Weight loss isn't specific. You want to lose weight. Okay. How much by when? For what? What kind of weight do you want to lose? If you just want to lose weight, I'll throw you on a 1200 calorie diet and have you do treadmill seven days a week. <laughs> oh, sucks. but your metabolism is going to crash. Your relationship with food is going to tank. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to lose most of your muscle mass. You're going to probably hold on to stubborn fat even more so. And your physique is going to look like trash and you're going to be 10 times worse off than when you started. Yeah. If that's your and- goal, weight loss, we can just do that. That's why specific goals matter. It's like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds of body fat. And I want to do it for these reasons. So I see it show up in my life because I'm at an unhealthy risk for high cholesterol, high blood pressure. And I know that's a big problem because I have a family and I don't want to, I don't want my kids to see my funeral when I'm 50 years old or whatever it is. Go deep and understand what the heck is your goal? Because here's what happens when you clearly define where you're going. And I was using the bow and arrow analogy before we even got on camera. How possible if let's say Mariana and I were on a team, And she had a bow and arrow and it was my job. She's blindfolded. It was my job to tell her where the target was to shoot. If me as a partner, if I just said it's over there, would she have any chance at hitting the target? No, she has no freaking clue what over there means. That's the same thing by saying, I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. But if I said half a step, about six inches to the left, line your shoulders up, up a little more to the right. Okay, now pull the boat. If I described every single step of where that target was, if I clearly defined where the target, where she was going, we would hit the target. But so many people don't take time to clearly define where they're going in the first place. How are you going to aim 
at a target that you don't have. Yeah. Because once you know where you're going, for example, I want to lose 20 pounds of body fat while increasing my strength to improve my metabolic rate and to feel better during the day. Okay. We know resistance training four times a week is going to be what we need with a little bit of added cardio. We know that we're going to set you to probably a deficit of around 15 to 25% of your calorie intake, assuming that we've already been through the preliminary stuff to prime you for that. We're going to increase the protein intake in your diet so you don't get hungry because you want to feel energetic through the day, not hungry and cranky. We want to increase your protein so you have energy, you don't hit lulls, and we're going to focus on your sleep so you can not just burn fat more efficiently, build muscle and get stronger more efficiently, mm -hmm. but also achieve everything else you're looking forward to improving those health metrics. We know exactly the steps it takes to get to where you want to go. But if we just say weight loss, that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. So huge. I would go even deeper than that for like, because weight loss, right? That's a target. That's a broad target. And then the sleep stems from that target and the calorie deficit stems. And we're getting a little bit more specific. But when you are crafting actionable goals, it's mm -hmm. the how can I make I'm going to have separate goals yeah. that address these different points on a broader topic. So like the example of, okay, I'm going to set out a smart goal for meal prepping. I'm going to have a separate smart goal for my workout routine. I'm going to have a smart goal for my stress management. Seriously, like, That puts all of these pieces of the puzzle into place for you. And you have an action that you can take and whether most people don't do all these things all at once. It could be one step at a time. It could be an example. Tony was just, you were just talking about it before this, but it could be just putting on your sneakers every single day, walking around the block. That's it. I'm going to do that every day. Put on my sneakers, walk around the block, come home. That is my goal because you, it's actionable. You know, you can do it. You have the time to do it. You also feel like you'll be successful. It doesn't have to be some broad jump all at once. No, not at all. And I like how you bring it up like those separate specific pieces because Look at it, right? In that goal, it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds of body fat while getting stronger while doing this. That'll tell you what exercises you should be putting in your training, right? Oh, you want to get stronger? Let's probably structure some compound movements in there. Mm -hmm. Instead of, again, you just want to lose weight? Okay, go hit the treadmill. Yeah. No, we're going to put the deadlift, the squat, the bench, the overhead press. We're going to put these movements in because this is going to help achieve that piece of your goal while achieving that. It's so important to go down. And I think one thing, I don't know if anyone else calls it, Karina showed me this the first time, called stemming, where it's okay, write down your goal. And same thing we were talking about when it's like your why, write down what your goal is. Maybe it's fuzzy at first, right? Maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's to be healthy, right? Stem from that. Okay, that's stem number one. Stem number two, what does that mean? Write out what that means. Step number two or step number three, why do you want that? Step number four, why? Step number five, why? Step number six, mm -hmm. why? Be the freaking annoying five-year-old that doesn't shut up and say, why, why, right? When he asks you a question like, hey, mom, why do we eat breakfast? <laughs> just like silly questions, yeah, but why Keep asking why, but don't just settle for because, right? Yeah. Why do you want to lose weight? Ah, just because no, and that's not good enough because you want what yeah. stem and do not take it. Honestly, ask yourself why five to 10 times. And I guarantee you, you will have so much more clarity than you've ever had in your entire life for where you're going with direction, with purpose. It's insane. There's no right. There's no right answer. So if you are continuously asking yourself why, and you come to, I really wish I looked like X, Y, Z, or, you know, I honestly, my why is that I just have always wanted a six pack so that people would like me more like that. If you come to that, like one, that's really common for a lot of people and yeah. also what society puts out to us, but okay. I realize that my mindset and my motivators are not going to get me anywhere. No, so what can yeah. I do to shift this? Where else can I dive deeper into myself and my reality and my environment and what I'm doing and pull out whys that are intrinsic, arc from within? Like it's, again, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong if you have extrinsically motivated goals. It's just, this is something yeah. for me to take and be like, I need to shift this because this is really important for my personal growth and yeah. It's, that's the, it's so uncomfortable to do that too. If we don't want to just play that down when I first, and this was a years ago, I'm now at a good place where I'm very confident in it, but it was before all the reason I wanted to work out was same thing you just said. I wanted to have abs. I wanted to look lean. I wanted every piece of my body to be kind of like sculpted, right? Yeah. 
And it wasn't until I asked myself, and you know this underlying, but you don't ever say it out loud or write it down. Like, why do I want this? It's because the people on Instagram look like this. Yeah. It's because you, like those people get praise. Those people get this. And whenever you land on an answer that's extrinsic, again, it's okay if you really want that, but it's okay to flop to the other side. Yeah. Like now I train and I eat my diet and lifestyle. People get so confused on social media when I'm eating out or when I'm having a beer or something like that. Why do I want to do this? Well, I want to be healthy. I want to live a very long time. I want to have the best life I could possibly live, mm -hmm. enjoy it with as many people as I can. And I really love food. Yeah. So why would I tell myself I don't want those things just to try and fit into something else? Why do I want a six pack? I don't want a six pack is what I learned. Yeah. I don't freaking care if I have a six pack or not, right? Like it does mm -hmm. not matter to me if I have a six pack. It's hard for people to admit that to themselves, right? Because yes. you okay think it's going to make you happier. Like exactly, you think it is. I was telling Tony about this before. I like we all go through this. It's not like you should go have these moments, especially on a journey that is so highly related to appearance. Like it's involved. It just is. But when I was really struggling with my IBS and my bloating and seeing a dietitian, and she kept asking me like, "Why do you want mm -hmm. to improve your bloating?" And was I'm like, "Well, because." I don't want to look bloated. I don't like the way I look. She's like, okay, why? And kept get diving deeper. Yeah. It just came to, I don't like how people perceive. I don't like people looking at me like I'm bloated. Yeah. I shouldn't look bloated. I should have a flat stomach. That's why I want to change it because I should not, no one's going to like me if I am yeah. bloated all the time. And that's a terrible mindset, but it was my mindset, but I wasn't allowing myself to bring that to the surface and realize that's not the mindset you should have because yeah, it's not going to get you anywhere. No. That was the hard part about the whole like no six pack thing is I'm like, well, why do I really want it? Well, it's like, well, cause I feel pressure. I'm on social media. I have a decent amount of followers and I'm in fitness. That's mm -hmm. expected in fitness is you should have a six pack and you should have this. Why? Because standards are the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. But that's the reason why I felt the pressure to have a six pack. Not because I wanted one, not because it would benefit me in any way, shape or form. And that's not crapping on six. If you really truly intrinsically want a six pack because the way it'll make, and I don't even say the way it'll make you feel, but because it'll do something for you. Great. If it's intrinsic, phenomenal, get the mm -hmm. six pack, be shredded, but yeah. do not feel bad for not truly wanting a six pack. We know it's not healthier for you automatically. We know it doesn't mean health. Those are two completely different things. Ask yourself why. Is it pressure from your family? Is it pressure from social media? Is it pressure from your friends? What's driving you to do what you do? Have confidence in yourself. You're a smart person. Listen to why you want to do things and don't feel bad for doing them that way because you yeah. want to. Yeah. Like, and you can, this is like the best in examples of going back to the bloated thing. I could still have that goal and I did still have that goal of I didn't want to be bloated, but my why was what was so screwed up. I was genuinely in pain, I could, didn't, I restricted myself from going out to social events because I was so uncomfortable and in pain. And that was the main driver of like, I want to make sure that I feel like I can go out to do things and not be preoccupied by how much pain I am in. And mm -hmm. I want to be able to enjoy those situations. That is a really good reason to want to yeah. improve whatever it may be. So it doesn't mean you have to eliminate the goal. Target. Yeah, your, your goal could stay the same. The target could yeah. stay the same. But why you're trying to be there. Yeah, just like you said, you still just accomplished the same goal. You wanted to accomplish yeah. the same goal. But it took digging those layers deep to figure out why you truly wanted it. Mm -hmm. Because if you truly know why you want it, it's so easy to find motivation. Right. Like that. it is so easy yeah. to find motivation if and are confident why you're doing what you're doing. Education breeds adherence. Yeah. So much easier to be consistent to adhere if you know why you're doing it. You have that struggle where it's like, I'm just doing this to look good, to fit in. Good luck finding motivation when you're waking up to do that. You get uh -uh. caught up in the in not being there. You get caught up in not being your end goal. If that makes any sense at all, I'm not sure. But especially yeah. with weight loss, like if you want to look a certain way. You get more caught up in not looking like that right now rather than yeah. what you could do to achieve something this week, today. Yeah. They get lost in the sauce. They get lost <laughs> in the sauce. That was a lot longer. I think Expected. we both had thought, but we went on some rabbit holes, some tangents. And this is why I loved putting this together 
We notice in putting these list of five things together that we've noticed in successful clients. So thank you to all the clients who helped us realize all these things because it helps you realize these five character traits are so important in so many directions in life. So thank yeah, you to the clients who helped us realize and showing episode. up, yeah, showing up and living like that because it's one thing to think these five things, to think you know them, to think you live. It's one thing to do them. So yeah. thank you to every freaking client who made us realize this. We that's also we just had some freaking rock star clients in the past. To go over it one more time, top five character traits is one, taking things and seeing things as data, not feelings. Number four is having values that align with your actions, not just your thoughts. Number three is that you are solution oriented, not problem oriented. Number two is having that student mindset forever in every aspect, right? Questioning every belief not having a closed mindset. And number one are where the F your goals are coming from. Is it intrinsically motivated or extrinsically motivated? Mm -hmm. That's our top five. Wow. That took longer than I thought, but it ended up being so much more than like, yeah. So we hope you didn't get lost. Yeah. We went down (laughs) rabbit holes, but hopefully you didn't get lost too much in there. Hopefully you found a piece that maybe you could work on. Cause I know a lot of you guys know these things. We just got to execute baby. So thank you all for coming on. Uh, if you're over on Patreon, I can't wait for this week's research review on intermittent fasting towards weight loss. That's going to be a fun one. We just did one last week on carbohydrates diet or car- carbohydrates in your diet and not just the weight loss or body composition effect, but the metabolic processes and things like your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your insulin mm-hmm. and blood glucose response. The secondary approach is there. So if you're in, we'll see you there on Friday. If not, thank you all for the five-star reviews. We were just reading some five stars over on Apple with the ones that you guys actually write, and it almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> I've never cried. No, I'm kidding. I cry all the time. You've never cried before. It was those freaking... Ugh, that just cheers me up when we read I'm those five-star reviews. So thank you all. Mariana's a crier. For One thing about me, I'm a cry, and that's fine. I am cool with it. <laughs> Anywho, we hope you all have a blessed, beautiful day. Talk to you all soon.